Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Hello, welcome back. Thank you for being here with me today in this crazy ether space, wherever we are out there. And I welcome you back to my senior year. I'm going to go back and pick up some of that. My senior year in high school, after having split off and done some Christmas stuff and whatnot. And I will do some New Year's Eve stuff because that is a controversial holiday for me. (laughs) In any case, I'll tell you about that in a couple more episodes. But we do have a couple here in the last week of the year where I'm like, hmm, what should I wrap up first? So I guess it's high school. I'm going to wrap up high school. So I'm going to pick, uh, go back a little bit before my relationship with Paul um, into the fall of senior year, where of course everybody was applying to colleges, right? And as I said, my mom was involved in working on her master's degree. So I was basically on my own to figure that out with my um, guidance counselor, but otherwise no other help. So I remember going to the library and getting that massive book, you know, the Baron's Guide to Colleges (laughs) and such. And that was just this this huge and overwhelming tome. So after spending a couple of hours with it and trying to, you know, figure out well, where out of these thousands and thousands of places am I interested in going, I just sort of randomly picked a bunch. And I had decided that even though I hadn't gotten into the school plays, um, I had been taking some acting classes and various things and I decided that I absolutely wanted to be an actor and that was my one thing that gave me so much joy every time I was on stage just I I was in my element and so happy performing so I decided that I would apply to theater programs and uh, my mom did hook me up with a friend of hers named Maureen who was a wonderful actress and she was a coach and I went into New York City to work with her on my audition monologues because that was a whole different realm uh, that 
my mom and her friend Jean were not involved in, so they figured we should get me a professional to work on that. And it was wonderful and exciting because I got to go into New York City and, you know, on the bus and visit her and her um, apartment that was near 42nd Street. So that was that whole crazy area of town that was, believe me, in the 1970s, way more scary and rundown and full of uh, peep shows and, you know, everything that you think of when you hear 42nd Street. <laughs> it was that and more but it was thrilling and I you know I went during the day so it wasn't it wasn't dangerous um, and I went up to her apartment and we worked on some speeches uh, one of them the Duchess of Gloucester from Richard II and she, I guess she was trying to pick me some of the more obscure things that not everybody would, would be using as audition monologues and I worked on them and worked on them, and uh, she was very proud of me, and it was exciting. And I put in my applications to uh, various programs. The University of Connecticut, for some reason, stands out in my head. I can't really remember many of the others, but it was about six different colleges. And then, for some reason, I knew that the acting program at Boston University was really, really good, and it intimidated me. So I, I thought, oh, well, I, I, I won't get in. So for some reason, my thought process was that I would apply to Boston University in the journalism department, because I was also a writer, still am. Writing has always been a career thread that has gone through my life and surfaced at different times. So I said, oh, I'm gonna apply in the communications department and that'll be easier. And then after freshman year, I can transfer. <laughs> this was my thought process, not having any adult you know, advice there really. Uh, and BU came back to us. I think I didn't apply early decision. I didn't know anything about that. and. Actually, nobody, you know, it's weird that nobody gave me any other ideas like, oh, why don't you go to school in Europe? You know, here we were, a family that was very Euro European connected, and yet the, nobody ever said, oh, you should go to Europe to college. That would be amazing. I would have loved to gone there. But anyway, so much water under the bridge. And... Uh, Nobody told me about early decisions or anything like that, uh, so it was very standard. I took the SAT one time, and I, you know, got fifteen twenty out of sixteen hundred, and was very satisfied. I was like, "Yep, that was good. I'm fine," and uh, it was perfectly great for getting into college at that point. And my mom later said, looking back, she was like, "Oh, I should have had you apply to Vassar. You totally could have gotten it." I was like, yeah, okay, well, shoulda, shoulda. But in any case, BU came back to us in, I think it was like the first week of November, and I got in, and not only did I get in, but they offered me a full scholarship package so I could go for free, basically free. Uh, and I, I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it, but the scholarship package was because at the time we had absolutely no money. My mom made, I, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but my mom made like $5,000 a year. 
and that was you know we it was not livable we scraped by i'm sure she borrowed money from her mom and stuff so we really didn't have any money and bu gave me the whole thing for free so my mom read the letter and she goes well guess where you're going to school and we you know didn't think twice about it and didn't make any other choices we thought we thought we had to choose right then nobody said oh you can put them off you can wait until all the rest of your applications come in but she had me cancel all the rest of my applications so after all of that work I never auditioned for college never did and I guess I thought I would come around to it at some point but I never did and uh, it was you know blessing and also you know deeply dissatisfying in some way but at the same time I was like great I got into college I don't need to worry about the rest of the year and the rest of the year was just a wild joyride for me in the spring semester of my senior year I took seven music classes I was in the choir the madrigals girls chorus stage band jazz band music theory and marching band and all of those things met at various times you know they weren't every day but uh, choir met I think every other day and it was great I spent all of my time down in the music hall and at the time there were these huge lockers for the kids who had very big instruments and my friend Suzanne and I shared one of those gigantic lockers for our tenor saxophones and it was the kind of thing that you could open the door and basically sit in <laughs> so it was uh, almost like a little uh, room where we entertained and we would have that door open and we'd sit and we'd hand out like little snacks or something that we had stashed away in our locker and we and we had on the inside of the door we had pasted all of these wonderful pictures that we'd taken throughout the year of our friends and it was so so much fun hanging out in the music hall all that time and a huge weight was taken off my shoulders so I was college bound and I knew where I'd be going and that was exciting and I guess the rest of I don't remember my other friends really suffering through waiting for um, college app you know college acceptances they all did they all went you know all of my friends anyway um, I guess because I was in the nerdy end you know the, the math nerds and the and the uh, music nerds and stuff like that they were all very very smart and so the rest of the year was spent in doing things that gave me a lot of joy so the first of these was that we were preparing in the fall in the end of the fall to go on a choir tour and we had done that the previous year but we had just gone up around New York and the farthest down we had gone was Maryland 
But this year, the big plan was to go all the way to Florida to Disney World. And we, our choir was going to be able to sing at Disney World. That was an incredible thing that we were planning for. And we were just feverish with excitement. And in order to do this, we had to raise a lot of money. So we had this crazy thing. We had a grapefruit sale of all things. Somewhere, somehow, they got a special deal on Florida grapefruits, which made sense. It was a thematic thing, right? And they came in these enormous boxes. I think it was a dozen grapefruit per box. And we went around door to door selling, pre-selling them. And then, you know, the order came in. But the whole pre-sale thing was crazy. We would drive around the neighborhoods and knock on doors and like, hey, you want to buy some grapefruit? What a bunch of wacky kids. But, you know, because it was to support the concert choir, we're going to go on tour to Disney World. That was a great story. So people bought it, you know, tons of it. And who doesn't, I mean, I wasn't going to say who doesn't like grapefruit, but I guess a lot of people don't, but yeah. Um, and when they arrived, it was like truckloads and we had to unload them into the choir room. And then as the secretary of the choir, um, I had to keep track of, you know, okay, this person gets 10 boxes and they're going to take them off to their car. And we had to apportion them out to all the kids who were going to then deliver them to the people that they had sold them to. So it was a huge undertaking. But we funded a lot of that tour, luckily, because as I said, we didn't have any money. So I, and I desperately, feverishly wanted to go. So I was babysitting and doing various things so that I could save some money. And that was when I was working at McDonald's also for my whole $2.16 an hour. Oy. Anyway, I did manage to be able to go. Maybe my grandmother helped me too. I'm sure she did. And uh, it was amazing, amazing. We traveled in a huge bus. I think there was two buses actually. And almost the entire choir, maybe there were a few people missing, went down. We had our robes with us. We had, you know, suitcases all in the bottom. Um, we, it was just a wild ride on the way down, telling jokes and laughing and enjoying and then breaking out into song. And yes, there was, you know, sex happening in the back of the bus, people getting blowjobs and whatnot also. That was crazy. Um, but we had so, so, so much fun. We did stop in Maryland because the guy who had been the director of the girls' chorus when I was a sophomore, he had left our high school to go and work for another high school in Maryland. And so he had a concert choir of his own, I guess because he probably, he couldn't have the greatest jobs in the music hall because Mr. Hughes, the, the choir director, he was there for the long term. So this other guy, Fred, um, he split off, he went down to Maryland and he had his own choir. And in fact, I remember one of the kids went with him. Um, one of the kids from our school moved to Maryland with Fred and that was crazy. Um, so we were all overjoyed to be reunited with him. His name is Billy and uh, we 
we went down and we were again housed by some of the students so we were all spread out and had various adventures at the different houses and then we'd come back together and be like whoa these kids are crazy and you know they did this and they did this um i remember having dances all together where <laughs> at one point um because animal house was a big thing the movie animal house when we loved it so much nerds that we were um and I remember my friend Paul shouting out, hey, TZ, do the worm. And we all fell to the ground and started doing the worm, which is that dance that they do in the middle of the bar in Animal House. And, and the other kids looked at us like, um, okay, no. So it was a division of characters there that was very funny. And when we arrived at Disney World, I remember the huge thrill of, you know, going to Disney World and being able to go backstage and seeing Goofy without his head on, you know, and that kind of stuff and being part of the elite who were the people who were working there, which was really exciting. And the choir performed on one of the stages and then the madrigals performed on another of the stages at a different point during the day. But the rest of the time we had free tickets to go on all the rides and oh my God, it was so exciting. And to be at Disney World and have all of your friends around Disney World in various places so that like, you know, someone was on this line and you go jump in with them and then we'd go, you know, what are you gonna do next? And it was so, so, so fun. Um, and bizarrely, my father came to join us there. So he, because my brother and I were both on this tour, um, and he took us all out to dinner at this one, like, crazy Polynesian place at one point, I think. Um, and that was wild that he decided he wanted to come. He was like, you guys are going to sing at Disney World? I'm totally coming. So he flew across the country to see us perform there, and that was fun and weird. And my kids, were, my friends were like, whoa, your dad? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, but that was very fun. And it is a trip that I will never forget. And I was so grateful to go. And I will tell you more about senior year next time. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.